Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Healing podcast. We are back this week after a two-week break with someone I am so excited about. Um, This person has been in my life since I was just a little girl, since I was like 13 or something. And we just got back in touch and I'm so excited. She was my yoga teacher when I was in high school and Now she has an incredible yoga school. Um, So here is Melinda Atkins. Welcome. Thank you. I'm just just excited to be here and to see you. I'm so excited that you're able to come on and that you're willing to do this. So thank you. Sure. Um, So I wanted to start with kind of just a little bit of info about you so we can give the, the listeners just a little bit of background. Um, so would you be able to just give me a little info about how you got into yoga like so many years ago? Sure. Um, I was, as a, a teenager, I was diagnosed with scoliosis mm-hmm. and it didn't bother me until I became an adult and had children and whatnot and um, had a lot of back issues as a result. And Mm -hmm. um, I met a doctor who recommended that I try yoga rather than have surgery as I was scheduled to have. Mm -hmm. So in a last ditch effort to um, not have to have surgery, I found a yoga teacher or rather a yoga teacher found me and which wasn't an easy feat in the nineties because nobody, it was yoga wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today. Right now, like anyone you could find like 20 yoga teachers and you know, a block. Right, right, right. So anyway, um, I studied, started this, the practice and the study of yoga and it, helped my back it helped with my pain it turned my life around totally and as a a teacher by career occupation i just saw the value in yoga especially for adolescents which is the area of education i specialized in so Mm -hmm. i saw that connection and how yoga could help students with their ability to focus and concentrate and um, be healthy. You know, we have an obesity crisis going on. And Mm -hmm. so it was just such a no brainer. And I was lucky enough that the stars aligned and a path was given to me of opportunities where I could share the power of yoga with adolescents. And, and so that's, kind of how how I started um I taught a lot of vinyasa that was what you taught me (laughs) my favorite still my favorite type of yoga is the flow mine too mine too (laughs) yeah but as I my body became older the ashtanga flow had to slow down quite a bit for me I had injuries suffered a lot of injuries from teaching so much yoga Mm-hmm. my shoulder repaired i've had my hip labrum repaired three times it's um so i had to look at yoga differently and uh that really broadened my horizons quite a bit and i got into yoga therapy uh, where we use yoga for specific conditions uh, neuro- okay. 
neuromotor degenerative disorders, um, mental health, a, a myriad of specialized areas. Mm -hmm. And so that's what my focus has been on the last, oh, decade, a little more than a decade. Um, I started- so people, Do people come to you like um, with a specific issue and ask like, you know, say I have this problem, like either physically or mentally, can you help with it through yoga? And that's what you do? Yes, yes. Okay. And, and we provide opportunities. We target um, very, we'll, we'll write grants. I run a nonprofit, a yoga therapy nonprofit school. So we will target specific areas of um, underserved populations that could benefit from yoga and write grants so that we're able to provide yoga free of charge to those demographics. It's amazing. That's so amazing. Like that's such an important thing to do in our communities where, you know, a lot of people for whatever reason, like don't have the same access that your students, you know, at Gulliver might've had, or just people that might not otherwise like get into yoga who it could really benefit. And now they are able to because of these, these grants. Right. right. Well, the grants, the grants certainly help. And um, I, I always, to coin a phrase, it takes a village. It truly does. Mm -hmm. have, uh, we have amazing teachers, very committed students. So um, that's, that's a little bit about my background. I studied uh ashtanga on south beach in the 90s and, <laughs> with uh, madonna or no was, was it with madonna <laughs> no it was with a, a teacher that worked with her so mm -hmm. the same at the same time that he worked with me um and wonderful wonderful teacher by the name of wayne krasner oh i, I remember wait that's hanuman right hanuman, yes. right? <laughs> and he's in mexico teaching now you can google him i'm sure you can find him um he's he was amazing ashtanga teacher and then i moved on to Kripalo, uh, the Kripalo institute in lennox massachusetts and i did my uh, my 500 hour work there and then on to lmu years later to uh do my clinical yoga therapy so um, I had some really great teachers that get, shared their wisdom that yeah. were passing on from, from totally. to student to teacher. Totally. I mean, I remember from, you know, it stuck with me so much because I think because I was raised in a family where, you know, like I was culturally Jewish and whatever, but it was not something like spirituality was not really something that was talked about. I just didn't really have any kind of spiritual education growing up or any, even like anything about God or not that you like talked about that so much, but you definitely did give me some spiritual grounding. I feel like at a time when I was really needing that and it really did like change my life so much. And it, it made me think about things in such a different way than I had before. And I feel like just from learning about the things that you taught me, like that changed the course of my life in so many ways. So. Wow. Wow. Just wow. That's, that's so nice to hear. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, it was the first time that I was really exposed to a lot of the things that you were talking about and 
my mind was so blown. And it was also at such an age where like we were such little sponges, you know, we absorb everything. And I think that I was really needing that direction. And that was something that I think you gave me at that time. So I'm so grateful to, to you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people probably felt the same way. Um, I think also like my grandmother died when I was 14. So that was when I was a freshman in um, high school and she was, I was super close with her. She was like my very best friend. Um, and I think like learning about the things that you were teaching really helped to get me through that because I was trying to make sense of like, what is death? Like what happens when you die? You know, where does your spirit go? Is there a spirit? Like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. So, and not that you specifically talked about like, this is what happens when you die, but just the general teachings that you gave, gave me much more of a sense of understanding, I think. Yeah, well, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, they are they are inspiring and impactful, that's for sure. Is that what it was that I was learning? Was. I don't even was. know what it was. <laughs> it was. It mm. was. Swami Satchidananda. Yes, that? yes, I remember. And then, you know, I was like reading something and I saw that he was at Woodstock. Is that true? Oh, yes, he opened <laughs> Woodstock. He, he opened Woodstock. Oh, he, he opened Woodstock. He did. I was like, oh my God, is this the same person that I heard so much about in high school? (laughs) Yes, yes. So anyway, yeah, yeah. And I feel like you also taught really, it was never like repetitive because I took your class for like four years, I think, or (laughs) pretty sure, but it was never like we learned just the same thing over and over. It was always new. It was always, but I, feel that way about spiritual teachings a lot is like you can hear them one way and then even if you hear them again at a different time they will mean something different to you that's perfect that's exactly right we we process what is valuable to us at different times in our lives mm-hmm so did you, so after you, well, first of all, I wanted to ask, did you feel like working with adolescents brought you any sort of like joy or like, did you enjoy that process? I did. I, I, I'm a high school English teacher from way back when. Shout and- out to English. <laughs> back in the day, best class ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, because I just love literature and I love sharing literature and I love the energy of high school students because it keeps me young and mm. um, I I it, it's a it's a tough job to be a it is a tough teacher. job <laughs> we were a handful I'm it's, sure it's a lot of energy but um, it's addictive it can be addictive really a lot of fun at least for me mm-hmm so, so um adolescence that i totally get adolescence from you know i i do and i i I appreciate them it's so funny because like for three years i worked at a montessori school down the street teaching art um to little ones and they were like between two like the youngest were just two and then it went up to like four and a half Mm -hmm. and those are like the kids that i was like i just love these kids but 
just seeing like high school kids, I don't think I could ever do that. I feel like they're so intense. There's so much energy and it's like exhausting and just drain. Like they're just a lot. They are <laughs> a lot. little kids, little kids are too, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are a lot and they're, they're so smart and so sharp. You really have to be on your toes all the time with them. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> So do you like what you're doing now better? Like, is it, was it a good transition for you um, from high, from teaching high school into um, what you're doing now? It was, um, at first it, it was odd not getting up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning to be at school at seven or whatever ungodly time we would have to be there. Uh, yeah. And, and then the fast pace of the day. And then uh, teaching yoga at night, that that was a lot. However, um, uh, what I do now, it's not as physically demanding. Yeah, you had a lot of yoga classes. Like it was like one after the other, right, you know, at school. Right, right. After, uh, after school with uh, sports teams. So we would target uh, swimmers with different asanas and football players with different asanas. They the school that where I taught Gulliver Prep, they had quite an extensive athletic program. So we would we would cross train the um, different teams. So it was a it was a lot. And then I opened the Shala at the same time. So mm -hmm. I would um, offer classes on um, the community. So that was that 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 was that was very challenging physically mm -hmm. you know, and led to many um, injuries and where I had to retire from from teaching high school yoga I had to make the choice and right the injury precipitated that but um, I I just look at it as another chapter and the I left the program where, where it was very strong and they, the school brought in teachers to take over where I left off, which was wonderful that the program continued. continued. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Right. Right. I'm really happy about that. And of course I'm happy about the relationships that I uh, formed with students that come back and now they're adults and like me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's such a, there's so many, different enriching uh, dimensions so you've talked a lot about like the physical aspects of yoga and and those are so rewarding as well and that's like such a good reason to do yoga but i'm curious about your take on like the spiritual side of it a little bit um if you're willing to talk about right. yeah yeah so um, the practice of Ishtanga is a very physical one initially, mm -hmm. trying to do the asanas and then you have the breath and you're trying to synchronize the breath with the movement. And um, it's a very physical and challenging practice, which is, which is lovely. But what happens is, is after practicing for a while, it becomes a moving meditation, whether you want it to or not. And you're looking doing the practice, you're listening to the breath, you're, you're watching your drishtis, your focal points. And before you know it, you're just, it's, you get lost in the practice totally. So from a physical standpoint to um, a meditative 
standpoint. The, it's just another, you know, that's the, the limbs. Of well, it, what is it? They say like exhaust the body to quiet the mind. Is that what they say? Right, right. So there's, you know, then you do the asanas and do the breath, the pranayama. And then once you have the breath down, it, you start to withdraw the senses, which is pratyahara. So you're looking at your drishtis, you're focusing on the sound of your breath. And then that leads to concentration. You have to concentrate to do that, which dharana. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that leads to meditation, dhyana. Just, just total bliss. So, um, practice yoga leads one to that spiritual understanding. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in your class, and then you were you had told us about um, your time when you went to India. I forget was it was it Mysore? Were you or or no, maybe no, you didn't no. go, but you were talking no. about Mysore, right? right. Yeah. Right. Right, right. So um, in Mysore, I didn't go, to, I haven't been to India, by the way, but my teachers all have been to, from India. Mm -hmm. um, and in Mysore, um, that's Pahabi uh, Joy, the father of Ashtanga Yoga, A-H-T-A-N-G-A. So that's where his um, school is, is in Mysore. Mm -hmm. So do you think you would go at some point or is there a reason why you haven't gone yet? Um, I haven't really had time to go. Mm -hmm. um, and as I've gotten older, I don't know how safe it would be for mm -hmm. me to go. I went by myself when I was 19. I went to India by myself and it was like the wildest experience ever. Oh my, <laughs> my parents were like, we were crazy to let you go by yourself. But yeah. Wow. I want to talk to you about that sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on another time. But yeah, it was a it was a very crazy experience. Wow. But you know, I think actually you were you had told me about something else that I was really interested in asking you about, which was because I'm dying to go to Glastonbury and I have like this weird, like I have this pull there, which I don't really know why, or I don't know why I'm like so interested in it but I always felt like I really want to go see it and I haven't been but then I think maybe I had like mentioned it to you or something and you said you'd been there right or you oh, had yeah. some connection to it yes 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 um very strong deep connection to Glastonbury I've gone there since the 90s before the festival I think became quite as popular as it is now mm -hmm. uh, but it's a the ley lines, the earth energy lines are powerful there and they cross there and they line up with other energy lines in Sedona, Arizona. This is And like Mount Shasta, it's like a portal area. Yeah. And, um, and um, in the Kripalu area in Lenox, Massachusetts, it's, it's the same thing. So it's, um, you know, there is spiritual, uh, there's portals there. It's metaphysical. Oh, I want to go so bad. So yeah, let me know when you go and I'll introduce you to some, some very um, uh, powerful people. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I haven't gone was because I was like, okay, I really want to go here, but I don't really know anyone. I don't know why I'm going here, like what I'm doing here, but I have this like urge to go, but I wanted to have like 
a reason, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to know what I was doing before I just go for just to wander around. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. We used to do um, to plan tours there, uh, the Shala, the Shala did. Um, that was a long time ago, but if mm -hmm. we do another one, I'll let you know about it. Yes. So, so you guys used to do tours like over, was it just there? Or was it over other places as well? We went to um, Sedona. We would do cool. Sedona every year. Mm -hmm. I've never been there either, but I would love to go. Oh, well, that's, that's a very interesting, interesting place to be. Mm-hmm. And so just out of curiosity, I, um, I know that you have to go in a few minutes, but I just wanted to see if you like for listeners who might not have had the same experience as I did, which was kind of growing up doing yoga. And I, you know, carried that through to adulthood and I've always continued to do yoga and I've kept that thread in my life. Um, but for people who maybe haven't had that experience, it, could you recommend like what would be a good place for someone to start who's just um, getting into it? So um, it's always best to have a good yoga teacher. And um, there's this, there's a saying when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. Yep. And um, <laughs> right now, because of COVID, um, our, our nonprofit, Amhamshala, um, we offer all of our classes online and they're mm -hmm. all free of charge. We're not profit. So um, that would be a good place to start if you just wanted to learn a little bit more about practice. Um, however, it's always great to have a teacher one-on-one -on -one, like residents and to find a good teacher that's uh, certified uh, with the Yoga Alliance. You know that they've been well-trained. Mm -hmm. You can find a yoga therapist. That's even better. A yoga therapist. Okay. Right. So, but um Anyway, just find someone and find a place to start. I've had students that have just started online. They found yoga classes online and then other students have come to our shala. So really just any way that someone can get into it is a good way. Do it. Just start. Just start. Amazing. And can you um, give everyone like the name and spelling of Om Home so that everyone knows where to find you and all of that? Sure. It's it's. Om and it's A U M home H O M E Shala S H A L A dot org. So Shala means school, and Om A U M is a perfect sound, and it vibrates and massages the um, the glands, the uh, endocrine. Pineal, right? You're right. The pineal and the thyroid and the thymus, all of those, the, uh, all of those glands are, are massaged when you do that sound ohm. So if you want to reach out, it's info at ohmhomeshala.org. And you guys, this is the best place ever. I love it. I've only been a couple of times, but every time I've taken a class there, I've had the best experience. And I even took some in high school. I don't know if you remember, but they were so much fun. So you guys should definitely check it out if you're in right, Miami. Everyone. Or even if you're not in Miami, you can do online classes too. Is that right? Online classes. Yeah. 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 Well, thank yeah, we're you. Online total, all, of our, all of our classes are online through 2022. 
Oh, okay. So there's no in-person classes until 20. No in-person classes until 2023. 23. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really am so happy that you were able to join me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And we will talk to you guys soon. I'll be back to you guys next week um, with a new fun guest. So thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.